folks, we're back. Lost on the river. We're doing the first segment, right? Yeah. That's what you say at the beginning of the thing. No, that's what you say at the beginning of the next segment. This would actually be what funny the? if you're recording this. <laughs> I would should start. Let's start the show with this. I am recording this. All right. Let's show them how the pros do it. Because <laughs> this will be funny. Well, the way Dorsey did it. Yeah, when Dorsey. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. So anyone who who might uh, wow. have not uh, caught our last podcast, welcome uh, back. Producer Matt, tell him what happened. Uh, tell him what we did when when Aaron called in sick. Uh, Aaron's a good family man, and uh, you know he's spent a he's spent a good chunk of his years uh, servicing this community, which we appreciate. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But when the chips were down, uh, he could not make. The I'm last all about episode. servicing the community. He is, and uh, so yeah, Aaron did not uh, did not appear on the uh, episode two. No which call, is, no show. Which basically. you know exactly, which is the terms for termination. But uh, Bill Furby to the rescue. Uh, well, once I, again, I had a buddy in town, uh, Dorsey Fife, uh, the uh, used to be a program director at 97X. The so when, yeah, yeah, and so 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 we got a uh, we got a text from Aaron. Hey, I can't make it tonight, and we thought, do we do we cancel? Do we reschedule? I think and I, I said, said, guys, I've got somebody else. Uh, I, I think might, I sent an email. Out. I think my defense, there was a, I think I sent an email. I don't think it was just a text. It was an email. Yeah, I think it was, it was an email. His reasoning was though that the pro junior Jeopardy tournament was just wrapping up, and so he had he was winning at home. Yeah, as an at home <laughs> viewer. Yeah, right. Against his family. Is yeah, that, he was crushing his 13-year-old. Is that so wrong? Like, actually, no. I, I wanna, actually that. do. We should clarify. What was the actual event that you had to attend? The actual event that I had to attend were was my boy's band concert. That's a big go. one. That's a that's, good that's, one. Yeah, that's, that's, a good that's, one. that's fair. You can that's miss legit. Lost on the that's River legit. for that. And uh, what, what? where was this and what happened? The... <laughs> This was at Dixie Heights High School. Banging. Hmm. We're just double-checking because we've got some video. And my my son, who was a percussionist in the band. um, Is this like a marching band? When I talked to his son just recently, his son played flute now, and all of a sudden he's a percussionist. He's a percussionist. He uses the flute as a drumstick. I think that's the confusion. He often (laughs) will take a a flute and beat the drum with the flute. He's creative little Yeah, exactly. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's it's, uh, fusion. (laughs) That's what they call that. Uh, he, he had w- one note and, and it was a Christmas concert. Oh, nice. And they, they did the, uh, the jingle bells. What's the real, t- what's the real name? There's not the name for that slate. There's a dashing through the snow. I don't know what it's called. Jingle bells. So they do jingle bells or sleigh ride or something. And uh, oh, he's, he's such an attendant. And, and in this song, he is the whip crack at oh. the end of the song. So his only this whole, his, his only role in this song is is, is when the entire thing is over, he he hits these two sticks together that makes a uh, a whipping sound. That's awesome. Though. And uh, he he missed his he missed it. Nuh-uh. Well, he hit it, <laughs> but not on the right time. Not it's the good right that you're disparaging okay, him on yeah, on yeah, actual. On. And so afterwards, I said, Grayson, you had one thing to do. No, you did one thing no, to do. You didn't. I did. I took him aside and I said, "That's it. I'm oh, not feeding you tomorrow." That's no. Shook at him all. really hard. No. Then no. we went home and I put him in his closet. He's got a little. He's got his, little, his like his own little closet. And I put him in there and the I said, "You will faces. stay there." The, the scary faces on the wall that I drew myself. <laughs> the, the funny thing about Aaron not not being able to to join us last time uh, uh, was he can't draw. Uh, uh, 
Uh, he, we, we, we didn't tell Aaron about the fill-in until we were here recording it, and we took That's a picture true. of Dorsey sitting in Aaron's seat. And it turns out, uh, in the small circle of greatness that is everything, uh, Aaron and Dorsey uh, worked together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At right. NKU. Back in the day. And it sounded a little bit to me like maybe Aaron copped his golden voice of the radio from Dorsey. <laughs> Dor- Dorsey That's what w- I was picking up. Dorsey was an inspiration. He was, he was, he was, my, many he has a similar voice to your, is a similar sound, but his is so much more confident and relaxed. <laughs> he just, uh, he sits back into it in a way that <laughs> only that sort of level of professionalism. I mean, you really hear it. Now, by right. the way, episode two with, with, with special guest Dorsey Fife is still uh, up for streaming or download at, uh, yeah. In fact, if you want to stop you listening listen. to this podcast right now, <laughs> you can click. Matter over. of fact, let's, uh, let's just play that tape right now. <laughs> and roll you the tape. Can vote. You could vote on who's got a more golden radio voice, Dorsey <laughs> or Aaron. Well, at any All rate, right, let's get Aaron, we're glad you're back with us. It's good we to be are. back. I, you're I, funnier I, no, than I, I, I do feel the love. But never call you're off You're funnier. I won't, it will never happen again. I don't want to tell you who we've got uh, waiting in the wings next time. I, I don't want to know because it'll just make me nervous. Let's just say we dug up Bob I'm, Trump. I, I'm, already, I'm already liking confidence as it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring in a wild man next time. Uh, who's on the show today? Oh, oh. Ray Vietti from the Harm Brothers is stopping by to play music for us. Yes, ah. yes. We've got uh, Courtney Finnessy, which rhymes with Tennessee. Courtney Bolander Finnessy of the Bolander family of local music fans uh, and CincyMusic.com. She'll be with us this, this evening. Wow. Very cool. Wow. Nice. Who, who finds the guests for our pro? Uh, this has been some top-notch lineups that we've had Karen, yeah. Karen and uh, Karen and yeah Karen and accounting she yeah. knew is, guy, she is underpaid she saw Ray at uh, Southgate House girl. last Wednesday yeah, yeah, yeah for a numbers girl she really knows her her, her music her musicians and by the way I, I snappy also, dresser snappy dresser too absolutely I, I also have a Can little bit uh, uh, you know every time we, we do a little bit of the history with Herzog which which we're recording this uh, in this space and I this time I'm going to have a little bit about Patty Page are you changing so, the subject no, I'm I'm just preparing this is a what segue. What also is going on? We're trying yeah. shifting gears in the shifting end of well. gears. So why don't you take us back, Billy Furby, to the golden era of oh, Herzog yeah. Studio? Our, our Herzog historian. Here we are in December it's... 1949. Yes. Oh, there yes. we go. Well, actually, back. actually, Patty Page did two sessions here at Herzog. Uh, one in 1949. One in 1951. Uh, she had a six-decade-long career. She sold over 100 million records, which is what? That's that's correct. A hundred no million. Hey, back what? in back Wait, then, she How was long? she was with Mercury Records. Uh, became their first successful female artist. Uh, she signed with them in 1947. In 1950, she had her first million-selling single called "With My uh, With My Eyes Wide Open." I'm dreaming. She would eventually have 14 additional million-selling singles between uh, 1950 and 65. Did she make some jack or what? I God, you would hope so, but probably not. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but that is a lot. It of It could be one sales. of those sneaky record kind, con- <clears throat> like you're like, where she made a lot of money on it. But I, I feel like you're right. Well, I hope so. her signature song, uh, by by many accounts, was a song called Tennessee Waltz. We're not going to hear that. We're we're going to hear one of the songs that she recorded here in 2011 here here at the space. Uh, the Tammy Why Nots uh, presented uh, an event. Uh, a Kelly tribute. Thomas. Uh, yes, Kelly Thomas. Todd Todd Lipscomb. 
uh, David Rhodes Brown, John Schmidt, Sylvia Mitchell, and Greg Scram. They performed some of the songs that she had recorded, that Patty had recorded here. Uh, and at the time, uh, now uh, Patty uh, unfortunately passed in 2012, but she did uh, send a letter to, to the space to be, to be read at the event. Uh, and uh, I actually have a copy of it here. I'll read a little that bit. That is awesome. Let's hear it. Uh, greetings to all of you gathered at the Historic Herzog Studio. When I recorded there 60 years ago, I never thought of it as historic. It was another recording date, just like many others in my career. My schedule was very hectic in those days, and we came into the studio, laid down a few sides, and went on to the next engagement. I did enjoy my brief time at Herzog and being able to record with the great Rex Allen, who maybe we can touch on uh, for a future uh, episode here. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, of the two sessions that she did here, uh, I should probably also note a song that many listeners may know her uh, for is How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Of course. That was not one of the tracks recorded here at Herzog. Uh, one that was, however, in 1951, I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart. Uh, if we could maybe, uh, we're going to play that for you right now. I want to be a cowboy's sweetheart. I want to learn to rope and ride I want to ride o'er the plain in the desert Out west of the great divide I want to hear the coyotes howling As the sun sinks in the west I want to be a cowboy's sweetheart The life page i want to be a cowboy sweetheart uh on this episode of lost on the river well we're moving on from patty page to uh our our musical guests this evening all the way from portland oregon just to do this podcast lost on the river here at herzog studios in cincinnati it's ray vietti thank you ray for joining us thanks for having me guys this was kind of a nice nice last minute surprise to have you in here and tell us why you're in town well, I was just walking down the street and I popped into this music store. Uh, and this is a true story. Too. <laughs> this is a very true story. Uh, I'm staying downtown with a friend and I'm in town for the month uh, doing an artist in residency at the Southgate House Revival on Wednesdays in January. And 
Anyway, I was walking down the street and uh, popped in this music store. Uh, Elias I had known previously, and I knew that he had something to do with it. And so I was checking it out a while ago, but I checked it out again today. And uh, I was in there playing a guitar, and then Billy came in and asked me what I was doing. What are you doing in here? What are you for doing the next later? Three hours. What are you doing later? Like, do you have a uh, hey? A, <laughs> and uh, yeah, here I am. Excellent. So, well, thanks for doing this. But what what were you do? You you came just all the way. Tell there's got to be more connection, more history to you oh, and, uh, and being in Cincinnati, coming from Portland. Oh, you didn't sure. just no, sure, yeah. I uh, mean, all due respect to the Southgate House revival, but yeah, that's a long way to travel. No, yeah, um, he's a he's a Cincinnati. You're a Cincinnati regular. I am. Yeah, it's it's become that way. I'm in a band called the Harm Brothers. Uh, okay, the Harmed Brothers. Let's say that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some years ago, uh, the fellas that throw the Whispering Beard Folk Festival, we became uh, good friends with them after playing the first time, and we've been uh, reoccurring, coming back around uh, every year since then uh, to play that and. We became great friends with everybody, and um, and then I'll come in uh, regular. I've played over at uh, Elias's place a number of times as well, just uh, when I'm in town. And um, yeah, it's, I, so I, I come here quite often. And right now, I just my drummer moved here to Ludlow, Kentucky. Oh wow! Um, and uh, or the drummer in the band did, and so I decided I'd come check it out for a while. And I, I always come back. I have a lot of friends around here, so it's fun to. Plus, I'm a Midwestern folk. I'm Midwestern folk by uh, birth. I was. I'm from Missouri, so okay. I miss a good mid- Midwestern cold, dark winter. The Whispering well, Beard. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no surprise to to hear that it all goes back to Whispering Beard. Sure. Uh, those guys have. Your story is not terribly unique with those guys. They've, they they're they're an amazing community of of musicians who have brought so many people from different areas around the country. Some, you know, whether it's down in Eastern Kentucky or, or even as far as, as Portland, Oregon, uh, there's been so good at discovering musicians like yourself and then exposing them to this community and then blowing them up, blowing them up in this community. I blowing mean, you talk up. about like a Tyler Childers. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that, that's not at all surprising to hear. Uh, they're an incredible uh, community of music fans for sure. So tastemakers, tastemakers, absolutely. They got some taste making skills. You're a tastemaker too. I I, <laughs> I taste like beef jerky. Mingua, like mingua. Mi- mingua. That's the good. That's shit, the good man. shit. Yeah, yeah. It is. Whenever we go to the gorge, we always the yeah. first stop yeah. is like the, the long good neck, jerky, the long neck bottle, and the mingua beef jerky. Yeah, that's like basically where you want to head. Yeah. So the Harmed Brothers, you guys in Cincinnati have have seen them. Um, bunches of times and heard them and so we're sitting with ray who's one of of uh the players in that that group and uh a very very talented uh singer songwriter and uh cool dude are you around nashville some too i was for a while i was hanging out down there for a while because i swear i saw you advertised for a fundraiser for those darlings, is that am I? No, I no, I, I wouldn't have been. No, it wasn't me. I okay. Wasn't Somebody you, else. Ray, mm. are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, I, loved, I loved that band. I, you no, haven't it was a great band. Ray, Ray, Ray. You, you I'm, I'm pretty sure that was you. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Definitely, you haven't been. Yeah. You haven't played in Nashville recently. <laughs> Not in a while. Oh, no. Okay. No, Ray. Uh, how how would you compare the Cincinnati music scene? How how does that? compare or contrast to uh, Portland? 
I, I think the Cincinnati music scene is, is awesome. I think there's a lot of great people playing around here, and the community is super strong, uh, and they support each other really, really um, well, and and a, and a lot. Like, I mean, you have the Tillers who you know kind of, I, I think, kind of sit you know kind of maybe at the top of that you know uh, of the Cincinnati music scene to me anyway, uh, with like the folk scene of it, and then you have. Um, my favorite Cincinnati artist right now is, is Arlo McKinley. Um, I think he's fantastic and he's a good buddy of mine, but, um, I think the music's a plus. Um, and then you've got folks like Ben Knight and Maria Corelli and, uh, Joe Mascherette and, um, got Jeremy Pinnell, Jeremy Pinnell. Yeah. I mean, the list, the list just can, can go on and on about, uh, um, great folks standing out in front of it. And then, you've got all these like fantastic players around here too. And I think I was talking with Billy earlier um, when he uh, brought me up and kind of showed me the place up here um, about how this area has just has so many great um, players and it, and it seems like it always has or something. The Ohio, Kentucky river Valley area is kind of known for having um, a lot of uh, great musicians around it. And so I, I think it's, I think it's great. And, it's to speak on, you know, Cincinnati alone and the music scene going on here right now. It's interesting because, uh, you know, there have been, uh, people have said, including, uh, the rock and roll hall of the director of the rock and roll hall of fame in Cleveland, that, uh, Cincinnati is one of the birthplaces of rock and roll going way back to the King records days. And, uh, you know, I remember back in the late eighties, early nineties when MTV showed up and was talking about Cincinnati at Sudsy Malone's and talking about Cincinnati being the next, Seattle, sure. uh, in, in the music world. And we've had the, those peaks and valleys. And, but to me personally, I, I think the music scene is stronger now than it, than it's ever been in this town because it's, it's, a, it's across so many different genres now. Um, and you know, years ago it was to me anyway, it felt like it was predominantly the folk acoustic Americana kind of thing. Uh, and that's what we were known for. Mm-hmm. And, and now, I mean, while that's certainly a pillar of, of, of what we've got here, now you, you can't say, what's the Cincinnati sound? I mean, you can't say what it is anymore because there's so many different genres and, and so much quality among the genres that it's, I think it's on fire right now. I think it's the scene here is as good as it's ever been. So Yeah, and, and one thing that I forgot to mention, too, was Buffalo Wobs and the Price Hill Hustle. Oh, my God. If you guys have seen them or not, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. all of you guys have. But, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, if your listeners haven't, uh, the next show that they have, you should definitely go to that because so uh, much fun. That's that's one of the yeah, those dudes are. Mm-hmm. When they when they first got started playing, mm-hmm. they played down at our spot, mm-hmm. and that was when we had the uh, stage, the temporary stage set up. Yeah, and it was like an early spring show, and it was kind of cold, and everything was set up speakers and everything and it started to rain started and they kept playing i ran in and grabbed bags and put over the speakers <laughs> and moved them onto the stage and they huddled closer yeah and then i popped a canopy up literally in the gravel i'm sorry a can of pee a canopy like a <laughs> oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry. A, like a weather canopy Got, gotcha and, yeah, continue sorry four, we four lifted it up over them while they were playing, they were playing and playing. then set it down. Wow. Moved the board onto the stage and moved everything, all 
that was spread out all under the canopy, the 10 by 10. Wow. They'd never quit playing the tune. Matt probably didn't even notice. And they just they just <laughs> bunched up and bunched up and bunched up. And then it was like they were in the like little circle of four by four feet that wasn't wet. And it was quite a Yeah, and it was it was just an awesome uh, yeah. They've stuck with that ever And we since. basically helped uh, create that sound. So Right. They it call that the like... uh, storm sound setup. <laughs> That's the and, Eli's uh, Eli's barbecue. Yeah, sound. but it was just like, you know, when when somebody's into playing that much as a group and that that's what I think a big part of what their sound. Yeah. When people hear that, like it's kind of like somebody's loving what they do. So it's absolutely. It's I, like that shines with that with that yeah. group for mm-hmm. sure. They they definitely have a lot of fun. Yeah. So tell us about the the artists in residency residency at the Southgate House revival and what can people find out about that? Uh, my first one was uh, last night, and I had. Uh, Casey Campbell from Buffalo Wobs and the Price of Hustle and his own solo project. He's a decent singer. Uh, he's <laughs> he certainly is. You can belt it out. Have he, you ever? Just real quick and aside, if you've never been to a Reds baseball game where Casey has sung "God Bless America," which he's done a few times now, you gotta you gotta check the Reds schedule and find out when Casey's singing "God Bless America." He usually does it about every other year. Yeah, and just knocks it literally knocks it out of the park. We'll have to have him on. He, he, he's like a trained opera singer, basically. He, oh, man. I mean, you're like, you, you, you used to see him in Buffalo Wobs, yeah. and then he gets out there and it's does this. It's because of his chest. Almost operatic. That mu- yes. He's got that barrel chest. Yes, that's like, it. So Wednesday nights, you're at the Southgate House all through January. Yeah, yeah. And so if you, you, can, you can head down there and drink a little bit of bourbon and listen to uh, Mr. Vietti. Play the guitar and sing some amazing tunes. Are most of these songs that you sing songs that you wrote, or is it a mix-up of covers? And no, it's it's mostly it's stuff that I wrote, and I might throw like a, a cover in here and there. Um, you do Wooly Bully? I don't do Wooly Bully. <laughs> you should consider that. I will consider if that it. makes you famous. Uh, you heard it here first. All right, yeah. That I mean, I do. Or yeah. Maybelline, or Sweet Caroline. Maybelline's cool Caroline. because he plays an A chord for like. 50 bars or something. <laughs> I can it, probably, I, that's something that it's my just like guitar skill will probably allow me to do. But that's like, that's in my skill set. Why did you start well, playing guitar? I just wanted to sing songs on the porch. I just wanted to sit around with my how, friends. How and long sing. have you been playing? I, I only started playing guitar when I was, I, I got my first guitar when I was 18. So, how old are you now? I'm 36. Okay. So, half of my life. It sucks when you start that late. I know. I started when I was uh, 16. And uh, well, you just played a little bit for on the couch there, and I yeah. can tell that you can play. Yeah, I've been playing. For, I've literally been playing now for uh, twenty years. Wow, uh, twenty four years. So wow. it's like, what a waste of time because I'm not that good for twenty four years. <laughs> doesn't that twenty four years doesn't that make you angry? It does. Somebody should be interviewing me. That's why I quit. But uh, that's why I gave up. You know what? <laughs> Nothing like giving up. Yeah. But yeah, hey, listen, don't. Let's, I mean, but when you start that. You know, you lo- you start that late, you lose all that, all that time to, you know, all that angsty. formative years. But do you ever write a tune on the piano and it's like, man, this is such a cool tune. And then when you really like stop and look at it, you realize that you're just playing like C and G. Absolutely. But you're yeah. adding like thirteenths yeah. or ninths real easily, or maybe yeah. like little... all you, all you've done is you just played "Let It Be" by the Beatles, and right. But right. It, but you've got this t- this melody that you like. It. I feel like you can write melodies on the piano. Absolutely. And 
a lot of things on the piano I that I took lessons on guitar. I played guitar for 25 years like we just talked about. Yeah. But then all of a sudden when you're playing piano, you realize that A flat and C are actually close to each other. Yeah. And they're not like Neptune and Mars <laughs> like you think they are on the guitar because you know you it's so hard I, to get I, I played piano first, so it was ba- it was you the other did. way around. Yeah. So I mean, like so, you know, that's you that's six string A flat chord. It didn't help me in any way in terms of playing anything. Really? <laughs> well, I guess it, you know it did. I I I took piano lessons. But he also quit. He just said. Oh, so he did I tell us. I, I, I was a, I'm a quitter. I quit. Yeah, pretty much everything. The piano was too. The piano was too hard for Aaron. You know, they did say except, tickling ex- the ivory. Except drinking. <laughs> I managed <laughs> to quit everything. Except drinking. Tickling the ivory it was so tough on his face. No, I took lessons. I was as a kid. I was I took lessons and I did the whole thing. And you know, and as a little kid, and and uh, was actually pretty good. And then I just got tired of practicing and playing classical it's, music. And it's and, linear, mm-hmm. so it makes sense. Where the guitar mm-hmm. doesn't. The guitar right. is like a sea of notes when you start, right. and you're like, what? I don't understand. Like, how is this? And it repeats and it's and you've confusing. Gotta, I mean, you got to train your fingers. Yeah, you there's gotta, a physical gotta, barrier where the piano, right. you literally can just, if you can push the buttons. I always thought that I maybe one time, you know, and yeah. I was like, the piano is a rich man's guitar. <laughs> Basically, it's like, you know, you're pushing a button and then somebody else plucks the string for you. Anybody can play the piano. Is basically what you're saying. Well, anybody yeah, you just, can, you know, anybody you, can, you just, you anybody just can at least push the notes, which is what Ray is saying, whereas right. not everybody can play the guitar. You can't go up to a guitar day one and play an A flat. I could. Okay, all right. You can't, all right. You can't walk up to yeah. it. You can't a single note, it up and like, but not the chord. If you're picking it up for your first time, if you, like, and somebody says, There's oh, no do it, this, chord it like this, and you go, it'll go, eh, it'll just sound like a buzzy mess. Most True. I mean, that's that's would be you know okay but you can i mean i can take my six-year-old and put his hands on the piano and be like push this one this one and this one and you've just played a c chord all right you know but you can't do that with a guitar a bit more encouraging you you changed my heart and mind this this segment has been brought to you by herzog music lessons we we do offer music (laughs) lessons downstairs yeah we do when i was younger i my, my my parents signed me up for acoustic guitar lessons I don't remember how old I was, but I remember at one point two saying no. It was a little, little lower than that. Three, but I remember at one point saying, "I, I just don't want to do this. I, 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 I have no interest in it." Uh, and then uh, you know, forward a few years later, and my friend had an electric guitar, and I said, "Well, what's that? How does that work?" And uh, I, I almost remember it like it were yesterday, just hitting that chord, and the sound came out from across the room. And that that sold me. Yeah, that was cool. Guitar. I remember that moment too. And I eventually rolled back around to the acoustic guitar and, and all that, but uh, definitely it was. Uh, Do you like the electric Ray? Because I've always seen you play acoustic. But when I was, uh, when I've heard you before, I've thought that would make a cool rock and roll tune. So we yeah we've been I I've we've incorporated the electric guitar now, and so I've been playing a bit of electric in uh, in Han Brothers. Uh, sets and uh, I actually like I was kind of like always against the idea of it and now I'm just like can't get enough of it um, yeah so I, I really enjoy it actually uh, I think it's mostly a confidence thing I don't think I like I lack a a bit of confidence um, in the solo department of guitars and I just feel like as a rhythm as a rhythm instrument an acoustic guitar is um, I just feel like it's way better, you know, it's way yeah. better suited for that. But you feel it on your body. Yeah. And so I don't know 
that's always been like a security blanket yeah. for me. Like I felt like I have a bad ear. I don't like not like like actually like I fell in like frozen water or anything, but like I don't your ears when you were <laughs> a young child. Frozen water. I don't have like a bad ear like that, but like tonally I don't have a good ear. And when I play electric guitar, I it doesn't vibrate on me the way an mm-hmm. acoustic guitar does. So I don't know if you if you've ever known like I don't know if that's and, ever and, been a, a thing if anybody else has ever but I like feel comfortable and more confident with an acoustic because it like I can feel the vibrations feel on my it. chest. Yeah, sure. I, I couldn't tune with my chest. And, and, right. and along but, along those same lines as as far as the guitar, you're feeling the guitar it also, when you're really drunk, an acoustic guitar just holds you up. Better. Yeah, it holds you up because <laughs> you can just kind of. I've done on that. It. That is a nice place you to know? be. It is a good place it, to fall it, asleep. You might even stop <laughs> playing, but you won't fall over as long as you've got an acoustic guitar. No, Electric you, guitar, you never know what's that, you're going to be on the ground. You can't do that. No. no. So you started playing when you were 18, right? In Portland? No, no. I was. I I lived in Missouri. I was living still uh, in Missouri. Yeah, you, I was still in Missouri. I, um, I didn't make my way out to Oregon until I was probably like, I think 24, 25, 24 maybe. can't remember exactly. Uh, but I've been there for, um, almost a decade now. So, or more than that, I guess. Back that's a, forth. that's like 50 years in Portland. Years. Do, you, do you have like a, like a home base, like a Southgate house revival or uh, um, a couple of venues that are just like your go-to places out there? No, not really. Uh, you know, the thing that, has been the biggest deal for the Harm Brothers in particular is that we always are, uh, we're always on tour. Uh, mm-hmm. it seems like, I mean, and so in the lulls, like, uh, right now we're in a bit of, you know, we're in a lull where uh, just a period where we're not really doing much as a band. Um, and then we just like, well, where do we want to stay? You know? And so, you know, I've, I've called Portland, uh, the band home Portland for a while. Our labels based out of there and it just, it makes sense to be that. But, I mean, I spent last winter in Portland, and then this year, I think I've spent maybe a total of three weeks in Portland. If you put all the days together that I was there, I've spent more time in Cincinnati. This I've year. seen you in, uh, around town. Yeah, a couple I've, times. I've spent more time in Cincinnati this year than I have spent anywhere, and and I think that's why I've I've come back to do this. Uh, Take that, Portland. Yeah, um, I mean, really, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, Portland has a great. Uh, they they really do. And you asked me this question earlier about the music scene. Portland has a great music scene and everybody supports each other, you know, the same, but it's like, I mean, we're tied in with a, with a great label that has a lot of great bands on it. And, and we're Which always, is? it's called fluff and gravy records. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and so we're tied into that family of musicians and, and we, we, uh, you know, we work with them a lot out there, but there's some great acts out in Portland, a lot of great music. Um, there's no shortage of it. And, there's a there's I feel like maybe I don't know but maybe uh maybe I'm wrong on this but I feel like there's more venues in Portland than there are here um at least more venues that like strike me as like oh I've got to play that place you know um and as far as it goes like the ones that were in my mind that I felt like the band needed to play we've played um the Doug Fur Lounge like I think that place is super rad um Mississippi Studios is like uh it's like it's one of my favorite places in the world to play, um, and those were basically the two that I thought like the big rooms. I didn't really like. I haven't really cared so much to play them, like Crystal Ballroom or anything. I mean, you, you told me you lived in Portland, so I know you know some of these places. But 
I don't really care so much to play all that. Um, if it happens for us, it's great. But uh, there are places that were like, uh, that were just like something that I, like a goal of mine for, for the band, you know, because most bands that I go see are playing rooms like that. Like I don't really have a desire to go see somebody play, you know, some, the Decemberists. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have to. I don't have a desire to go see the Decemberists anymore. Tell know? us your best Decemberist story. <laughs> I don't have one. Don't have they one. must be from Oregon. They, they're they, from Portland. <laughs> they are right. They are from Portland. They, yeah, they are. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. they're from. I think they're from there. I've never seen them around. Uh, What's that? Blitz and Trapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen that dude around. I've seen him at like uh, I for some for some reason somehow I got into uh, bouldering. And, uh, and I saw, and I ran to that dude, he was in there bouldering, uh, in the same bouldering gym that I was in. So, you know, we're just climbing around. Sure. Uh, th- yeah, that band's great. I like that band a lot. Mm-hmm. There, like I said, there's a lot of great bands in Portland, but I was telling Billy this earlier, or maybe, it, I, maybe it was somebody else. I don't know who the hell I was talking to, <laughs> but, uh, when you're in Portland, the closest city is Seattle. So if we're going to go on tour, it's like, we're going to hit a lot of little cities, but we can go to Seattle. And that's going to be, you know, three and a half, four hours. And then the next closest, like, city to co-play really is San Francisco. And that's going to take you, like, eight or nine hours at least to to get there. So when we go out on tour and start in Portland, we're out for, you know, for a while. And we'll end up, like, I I mean, for instance, this year alone, we started in March. We got out here uh, by April of 2017. And... When we got here, then we were like, well, there's no fucking sense in going back. We're just going to stay, and well, I'm not supposed to curse on this. I don't know. Uh, you can you can do whatever. You guys can bleep that out. We yeah. Don't, yeah we, okay. I mean, we won't, but we could. <laughs> we we but, won't. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's no sense in going back to Portland. I mean, as well just stay here, you know, uh, and then start. And then we, so we'd be like, okay, cool. We have a lot of friends here. We have places we can stay here. Um, like I said, the drummer and the band had moved here, so. We, you know, we just kind of were like, okay, well, let's just work from here for for a minute. And, you know, so all of our other stuff was scheduled from coming out of here. And to be honest, like this area is a touring band's dream. You know, it's like, I mean, there's cities that you can be in in no time. In no time flat, you can hit, you probably hit five major markets in I mean, you can hit Columbus, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Lexington, Louisville, Lexington, Louisville, all within Dayton. an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you start and do the little circle, the little... Absolutely. And, and, uh, and you know, for us, it's like basically, you know, what, what are you going to... We've, we've based ourselves out of Oregon for a long time, and it, um, and I, I mean, I've, I love Portland. Like, um, I don't think there's any better food in the world. I mean, no, no dig to Elias or anything, you know? But, oh yeah, no. I no, mean, no, there's no better. I mean, there's no better place to get. There's probably thirty better barbecue places in Portland. No, there's there's not. <laughs> I, I, that he like if he opened up an Eli's barbecue in Portland, he'd have the same lines out the door. Yeah, and that's not to you know that's not to butter him up or anything. It's just there is no barbecue there. Yeah. There's like two barbecue joints that I even know of in Portland. Um, I see, the and gears, they're always the gears they're are always already. packed. I know because I'm thinking that we could. Uh, have you guys play? Yeah, and my toes wouldn't be cold in Portland. No, it's not really. It's cold there today. I saw. I looked at my weather thing, and it's cold there today, but it's not often that cold there. Yeah, it's just rainy, which I don't mind rainy. I kind of I'm cold. into rainy, but I really like hot. You getting it? I love hot. Speaking weather. of hot like versus super cold, hot, 
Yeah, uh, super hot. I love it really hot. Speaking of hot versus versus cold, now, Ray, uh, did you spend time in Austin as well? I did. Would you guys do your homework on me or something? No, no. We well, well the lot. first time. We know a I, lot about you, Ray. The oh. first time I spoke or to you. Or Richard. Uh, <laughs> it would I, be or Donald. I, I, w- I was up here getting ready for Erica uh, Winterstrom of the Heartless Bastards, sure. who, who did a songwriting <laughs> clinic uh, with us here. Jeez, Bill. Cool. Way to name drop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, All right, buddy. Okay. Uh, yeah, woo. Erica Winterstrom, Heartless Bastards. Yeah, so, you guys are like this. Well, so, well, well listen, <laughs> listen. Because Ray tops that. Ray walks in and he said, hey, I heard Erica's in town. And I said, well, yeah, she's doing a songwriting clinic. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. She and I, uh, I, last time I saw her, it was our, at our friend's wedding yeah, I knew. in Austin. So now Ray's going to drop the name. Turned yeah, no, he did. It. it turned into a competitive game of Moncala. I mean, and, it's like, hey, uh, <laughs> when that happens, you talk about it. Just when you Absolutely. think you know somebody. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he asked for something that we didn't have, unfortunately. Uh, and and then so today when he came in and said, "Hey, I which thought I checked," which was which uh, was of course a capo for a sitar. Well, it was no, no, no. It was, uh, but that would uh, n- nice, nice way see, to bring it all back right? home uh-huh. to our first our thank first you. podcast. Yes, thank you. Attentive listeners will have caught that. I'm a professional. Well, let's let's hear <laughs> let's hear a song from Ray. If two. We, if we can. I think he has two songs for us. Okay, <laughs> one song. I have one song for you. All one, right. one now and one later. All right. Yeah. Tell us about this first song. Oh, okay. Um, this is a song that uh, it's fairly new. I haven't, uh, we haven't recorded it or uh, anything like that, and uh, we've rarely, we've barely played it as a band. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just another story. <laughs> so we're getting kind of a sneak peek, <laughs> and it's called. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, no, okay, I, I don't know. But let's call it for the for the sake of uh, calling it something. We'll call it uh, "So Long Goodbye." So we good? Yeah. Okay. Cool.
You're calling me crazy, saying I lost my mind. You've been holding his hand since we met that night. Yeah. So long goodbye, at least that's what we're calling it right now. Ray Vietti here on Lost on the River. Uh, great song. You mentioned before going into that, uh, it's, it's a story. Sure. And, and, and certainly that's exactly what that is. And, and the whole time listening to that song, I was thinking, as I often do, and again, this, this feels like another cliche uh, radio question, um, but I'm always surprised at how many artists actually say that their songs are not autobiographical and that they just make up these kind of stories completely out of the blue. It sounded very and felt very personal. Is that autobiographical or is that? Uh, it's 100% autobiographical. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly felt like that. Yeah. That's, that's the only way that I really, uh, that I've, that I've ever really been able to write a song. Um, it's, it's just to kind of, uh, just be honest about it and, and tell the story as it happened. And I mean, it's just, something that happened you know i got on a plane from actually i was in cincinnati and flew to the bay uh to see a girl i was dating at the time um those things happened uh and then i flew back and then you know later she flew to nashville and then went to the beard with me um and uh and and so is uh the way of the world and and as relationships go you know um uh, before you uh are bound they just dissolve in some in yeah. some way, and and this one just kind of you know I think we flew a little close to too close to the flame or to the sun there, and it just kind of went away. And I wrote a song about it, and that's about it. Well, we were talking about uh, before we I think we were before we were recording uh, talking about uh, your your voice and uh, the honesty that comes through in your voice, but I think that certainly is. You know, it, it's it's one and the same with with the songwriting in so many ways. I mean, clearly, just honest and just raw is the the first thing I noticed in that in in that particular track, especially. Well, thank you. You don't want to like draw parallels with people because I always think that's like tacky. 
But so I'm not. But. <laughs> you guys, I was waiting for him to. You guys, you guys all said but. But you guys here. can. You guys all said but. I wasn't gonna do that. So oh. I'm not gonna draw any parallels. I'm just gonna say that you know it's very. You have a very unique voice. It's very comfortable when you're listening to it as that story is getting told. Well, and 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 I guess that's my point. Is 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 the voice matches the story. It it just works well. They go hand in hand for sure well it's awesome and, I, and again I, I can't even for me I, and i've never written a song in my life uh but for me uh writing it autobiographically would be the only way i could imagine doing it so like when you write a song like mm-hmm. that just i'm just gonna ask this question sure this is kind of an intimate question let me let me address let me let me change my position yeah. so i can look at you here right so okay. <laughs> Midway through singing that song that you've yeah. written, do you find yourself ever, while singing and playing that, then thinking to yourself, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> and why would anyone want to hear this story or this tune? God, this sounds so contrived. Just playing this. Is this the third time I've said love? I think he means what, just, to what to what degree do you do you you're, self-doubt? Yeah, you're like oh, inner yeah. your inner mo- do you get an inner monologue that yeah, that well, that starts like pecking at you well, and here, like uh, casting insults at you while you're and yeah, then, absolutely. And, and Here's then the thing. The, yeah, Elias, that happens. Yeah, it, and it it happened it happened right there and and then you guys you guys said keep saying that my uh my voice is honest and and it matches and and that makes me feel good inside because that is the one thing that like that I struggle with sometimes is whether or not like because I listen to a lot like I'm a fan of music I love music it's like it's my favorite thing in the world um, and when when I hear like recordings of of the Harm Brothers um, or even like a probably like a playback of what uh, what we just did you know. Um, I'd be like, ah, I gotta like go way far away from whatever speakers they are to, to hear myself because I'm like, geez, man, like, you really ought to think about not doing that. <laughs> like you, <laughs> but, squint, you know, you, like you squint your yeah, eyes. Yeah, and so I'll be in the middle of it singing the song, and I'll be like, I think you just missed that. You're out of key here. You're out of key. You're, you know, I think you missed that. Uh, so I think about that, and then sometimes I just go completely blank, and I'll, I'll be thinking about like, uh, you know, like a. I don't even something random like yeah, a totally fantasy random. baseball player yeah, or something, you yeah, know, yeah. like my lineup or something, <laughs> and, and something like that. And and I just and I'll be somehow going through the motion. Still, it's just like uh, almost like on autopilot or something. If it seems like the less those voices are there, the better the material. The less those voices are there, like yeah, if you like, just like kind of just can lock in and be there in the moment. If I, find, I mean, and this isn't about me. Sure. You're the artist, but sure. I'm just talking to you about from my, from a perspective of some, because there's a lot of people out there that are like me, that they're artists in their own mind, but not for <laughs> anybody else that right. anybody cares about, but they, it, they're passionate about it. Sure. So I'm just curious if that's something that, you know, somebody that sings songs right for a living, obviously, you know, you know, people yeah. have something, but for for me, if I write something and play something, the less of those self-doubt voices I have, the more I feel like it must be quality. Like there's some things that I write that I play that I'm like, yeah, that's really good. And I still play it and I still think that. And there's stuff I write that I'm like, <laughs> that's really good. And then two weeks later, I'm like, mm. and then 
two months later, you're like, God, I fucking hate that song. And, and so I wrote it. Why? And, and so I'm here's what I would it. say to that. I would say that, that I would say to that, that you're an artist, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. that's just, that's what it is. It's like, you're always going, if, if I, I'd love to meet the person that, that doesn't feel that way. I'd love to meet the person. He died. That, His name was Prince. That thinks that their <laughs> shit is like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure there's some rappers out there that are like, yeah, that shit's dope. And that shit is going to continue to be dope. I mean, there's Kanye West and he's like, I'm the greatest thing to happen. But to he's delusional. You know, yeah. He's like, you know, uh, but talent aside, which he does have. Yeah, he's got a lot of it. So yeah. where, yeah, but where does but he is the, delusional? Where does the delusional like? There's some level of ego about that. Yeah. Even though I don't do any, like I do a lot of artistic endeavors. Like I like to cook. I like You're like to a paint. sandwich artist. I like I like to do a lot of stuff. I'm like <laughs> so a sandwich. I was sandwich a, I was an original sandwich sandwich artist. <laughs> you were. And uh, now he's making stuff up now because he's he's trying to pick on me. I've been, I've been working that one over in my mind. He's been waiting. <laughs> That's what Billy thinks so of when he's so working long. on his artistic material. He's like, is this joke going to be funny? <laughs> Halfway through his joke, Success. he was like, oh, God, here it comes, and it's not here coming it out right. No, no, it, it, it worked. It did work. It was good. It, worked, yeah. it was great. It, it was really good, and I'm off track now. So, Congratulations. You ruined it. <laughs> You've, we've gone we were off track. A, we were having a moment that was deep and sincere. And then Furby had a yeah. Well, I, I I meant that sincerely Great. when I said you didn't have to laugh at it. That's true. true. Well, it was good because he kind of demonstrated in real life how that inner voice can ruin your your moment. Yeah, but I, and then you said like it's better when it's gone, and I think that as and I think this happens to me all the time as a song moves on and I'm getting through the song, even if it's only like you know three minutes long or whatever. By the end of it, I've shaking that voice in my head off. And I always feel like the songs are better at the end. Like I always feel like a little shaky, you know, and then maybe not, I'm not like nervous or anything. It's just, I'm in my head a lot, you know, it's um, that fly ball. Yeah. I could never, that's why I could never catch the fly ball. Yeah. Well, I could when nobody was watching. Too much pressure. It's, it's all, yeah, it's totally mental. You know, yeah. I was so much a better football player that's than a good an analogy. outfielder because oh. I, that, two seconds where you had to think about it. Yeah. yeah. But as a little defensive lineman, it's just like one, two, three, go. Uh, one, you two, three, you, go, you uh, were a defensive lineman. Just like in little, obviously <laughs> clearly. I mean, look at this you guy. Can't, you can't tell through, you can't see my physique through the microphone, but if you could listen to it, he's a beast. Yeah. I'm huge. I mean, he's 160, 162 pounds at least. <laughs> Ray, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so yeah. much for for stopping in, for wandering into Herzog music sure. this evening. <laughs> yeah. um, at the Southgate House Revival, all throughout the month of January as their artists in residence that happens every Wednesday evening. At what time do you go on? Uh, it starts around 8, I think. That's what time we started last night. Awesome. So when this airs, uh, it'll be this evening going uh, going on at 8 o'clock. Yeah, and the guests will be, I'll have some guests. I'll have uh, Adam Lee, who's a... Recently relocated to this area as well. He's from uh, based out of Kansas City. Uh, he was also on. Uh, uh, he lived in Chicago for a while, and he played Johnny Cash in that uh, that play that uh, he was up oh, there yeah. for a while. What was it called? It's a um, man. I can't remember the other play, uh, but I know what you're it was about. like. I mean, it was a. He was he played Johnny Cash in it, wow. and, and he was. I, mean, I saw it one time when I was in Chicago on tour, and it was fantastic. Nice. And then we'll have uh, another uh, another guest. I have two guests each night. And uh, the other one is Jordan Smart, and he's um, living in Ohio somewhere right now. But I know him from the West Coast, and he's like a kind of like a I, w I would 
give it like a an Arlo Guthrie style of folk music, kind of that approach to it, you know, very uh, um, just kind of like very straightforward and uh, and what's going on. Pretty good way to spend a Wednesday night and. Uh, love having you in town and good to know that you're here on a regular basis from Portland, Oregon, uh, Ray Vietti, and we hope to see a lot more of you around town. Uh, why don't you play us out with one? So, uh, this song is called, uh, is a song that we've been doing for a while. It's called Elvis the Lion, uh, sort of just about unconditional love. like a lion was so proud of his pride and he sings just like Elvis before he died inside such a shame such a shame like an angel She just fell from the sky She sings like a poet She's so happy to die Walk away Walk away
Many thanks to our guest, Ray Vietti of Portland, Oregon, your artist in residence at the Southgate House Revival all throughout the month of January. That happens each and every Wednesday evening yeah. uh, at the Southgate House Revival. Great set from Ray Vietti. Thank you so much. And uh, our next guest this evening, our final guest in this week's episode is from CincyMusic.com and uh, what I consider to be uh, local music royalty in the city of Cincinnati wow. uh, from the Bolander family, Courtney Bolander Finnessy. Courtney, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And absolutely, and I, and I, we kid, but I say that because as a family, as, as, as true siblings, there's, I, I don't know of anybody who is uh, more passionate and more vocal and more supportive of the local music scene than uh, the Bolanders and the work that you're doing at cincymusic.com, which most of our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with by now. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Uh, Pretty much we just showcase any band coming to town, whether it's local, national, regional. Uh, We try to do previews on them, interviews, just get the word out to get butts and seats. And how many years have you guys been at this now? Oh, gosh. Um, Coming on six years. Six years. And you just recently had a uh, a rebrand. Yeah, this summer we did a rebrand, uh, brand new logo, website, whole new thing. Oh, cool, cool. So um, I, I know you guys uh, well. First through through your brother, who's the first of all? Who's the oldest? I am. You're the oldest. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why I thought. I'm, and and Ian's, <laughs> and Ian's the middle, right? And Nathan's the youngest. Yes. Every person in in the family has their role. And my understanding is that Courtney's kind of the the one to smack people around to, to get them to that. The original saying isn't it's actually behind all good things. There's a woman. Well, Courtney, uh, what, what, what are, I was, I was going to say, yeah, please. what, 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 what are some of the, uh, things on the horizon with Cincy music? Uh, do you have, uh, uh, anything coming up that you're, uh, particularly excited to share the news about, or we're looking forward to Bunbury announcing a lineup. Okay. Uh, it's on January 25th at the Woodward. And then the other festival announcements, I guess the homecoming, uh, the national show, they're going to be announcing soon. That's all we know. So do you know? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Do you, I was going to, do you know the uh, lineup yet? No. You can not tell us. Not even a little bit? You, we Courtney, won't tell Not anybody. even a We won't tell a soul. No. Seriously, they, no one like listens. It's like a locked, it's like top secret security over here. They won't tell me. I have a big mouth. So six years on the internet, that's like 50 years. It feels like it, yeah. Is, it a, is this a full-time job for you guys? Yes. We all have other stuff we do, but it's a full-time. Sure. How, how is your role uh, with that organization, if that would be the right word, how has your role changed in, in that time? Uh, and, and how would, you know, what, what you do in the day-to-day now compared to, you know, when you took it on? It's pretty much the same, except we have more contributing writers and photographers to manage. Um, I just request shows for each of them, and then I write my own stories. They write theirs. I edit theirs. But it's been the same, just more content as the years have gone by. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, I mean, you've got 
you've got photographers, you've got writers, and these are all people that you guys are, are organizing and they're all doing it on a volunteer basis. Yes. So, and that's pretty phenomenal is that, that just goes to show how passionate that community is and the people, especially working with you guys at Sense right. of Music. I mean, how many photographers do you think you, you, you deal with? I'd say like 20, 25. Okay, exactly. And writers? Same, 20, 25. That's outstanding. Yeah. They all just do it because they love it too. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, uh, I remember when, when Sense of Music first launched and in a little history because because uh the last podcast we had dorsey fife former program yeah. director of, of 97x and my understanding is wasn't cincymusic.com the web address or a, a url for uh, a, a message board from 97x something along those lines I, I don't think that was 97x related but i i remember those days there yeah, were, there, it was a message board. It was time. a message board started by someone from 97X after 97X went off the air, I believe. Oh, okay. So, so it was running as this message board for the local music scene, and then you guys took it over and created something much, much bigger. bigger and more right. encompassing. Of we of, bought of, the domain and started over. And if you remember, the message board was quite nasty. Mm-hmm. So that's why everything we do is positive because yeah. we don't want to go back to that. Oh, great. There was as, a, as message it, boards tend to be. Right. <laughs> just comment people, sections now. I guess. Yeah, we just call them comment sections now. Trashing other bands. Yeah. Yeah. That's and promoters and venues and and everything else. Uh, you know, this is I there. played at the whiskey bar last night, and they promised me free pickles and all the beer I could drink, and all they had were peanuts. Yeah, exactly. That and they're just posting that on there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Or, or why, why, why won't such and such venue hire my shitty band? I don't understand. Why can't we come play at your venue? You guys are singling us out. These are all great examples. I've been trying to book a little band at a venue around town. I won't name names yet. But you might want to get back to me. It's Elias's band. I play guitar in it. You might want to get back to me. I play drums. Matt plays bass. We're gonna find all the message boards. We're gonna to go to town. It's gonna to be awesome. Uh, what else? What? Um, so you've got, like I said, around twenty photographers, twenty writers, and Nathan, the youngest brother, is the mastermind behind this the, the site and and building the site. Uh, and the app, of course, there is an app, right? You guys do has it, or is it just is it just a responsive website? It's a responsive website, and yeah, on your phone. Which the app is on the way. Okay, for those for those at home who who think that there has to be an app for everything, it's just not the case. A damn good responsive website. It's all you need in certain applications. Anyway, <laughs> so great website under a rebrand, and uh, basically every local band and artist in town. There's a bio in, uh, on that site with links to their social media or their, their uh, websites, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's a clearinghouse for all local music, and, it, and it's all in one place now, which is, well, it didn't happen overnight, as you said, six years. But it's really come together as the place, the source to learn about any local band that's in town. It's at least a starting point. Right. Yeah, you can go on there and search by genre. See, you want a book, you can contact them, you know, hear a couple of songs if they haven't posted pretty much anything you need to know. And what else you guys do? You do some, you know, you do some ticket giveaways on there and. Yep. We have tons of ticket giveaways, um, interviews with musicians, previews on shows. 
stuff like that. So your busy season ends up being, in, as is in the music industry normally, uh, is in the spring and summer when festivals start to come to town. And you guys, uh, but apart from what you're doing online for the local music community that is kind of a volunteer thing, um, you guys are also professionals. You're very good at what you do and are contracted by different festivals and uh, artists and, and that sort of thing to do work for them on a contract basis. So tell us a little bit about that. I know, well, we mentioned Bunbury. Yeah, Nathan does all of that. So Nathan helps them with websites and applications and stuff for the festival. Mm -hmm. I just typically do interviews with bands and previews. That's all I do. What's the what's your favorite band that you've interviewed? Ani DeFranco. Well, mm. artist. Yeah, artist. Or I was gonna say artist. Artist or band. Ani. And when and, when did you interview Ani? Uh twice. Once in two thousand twelve and once two years ago. Okay. And I believe it was two years ago she no, I'm sorry, first time I interviewed her, she told me I was she was pregnant and she hadn't told anybody else. Like the press, like her family was the only people that knew. Uh -huh. And I was in a break room at the job I had at the time. I started freaking out, screaming. I'm like, can I tell somebody? And she's like, well, this is an interview, right? And I was like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's Can I break cool. the story? Yeah. Yeah. So Ani DeFranco, what's your, what's your favorite interview? Who else have you interviewed? Other notables? Oh, gosh. Name it. Pretty much anybody that comes to town for the festivals. Paul McCartney? No, I reviewed the concert. Bob Dylan? No. John Lennon? Yes. John Lennon twice. Jimi Hendrix? Yes. Peter Frampton? My first interviews were Group Love and Imagine Dragons, same day. Oh, fun. And I had no idea what I was doing. That was your first interview? Yes. So how long ago was that? About six years ago. Man, okay. Back before Imagine Dragons. They took a while, I guess. It was the first year of Bunbury, I guess, they were playing. Mm-hmm. And he was in the guy, Lane Sinner was in an airport. I could barely hear him. And I had to transcribe the interview. Half of it was like static, but I did it. <laughs> and you guys did a feature on women in rock in Cincinnati. Yes. Every March, we do women behind the music in Cincinnati. We try to feature um, like DJs, people on the news, people you know, behind the scenes. So we've done that for two years now. Folks like Morella Raleigh, she's been featured. Yes, who definitely. Who owns the Southgate House Revival. And uh, my friend Liz Felix. We did uh, Liz Felix. Formerly of WNKU, our program director. I did Pam Temple. Pam Temple. Excellent. Uh, so tell us, who are some of your, your favorite local acts? Ani DeFranco, one of your favorite interviews. And I know also that she is definitely one of your, your favorite artists as well. Yes. Uh, but locally, who are your favorites? Uh, locally, Arlen McKinley. It's one of my favorites. Young Heirlooms. Kelly Thomas, Gogo -Go Buffalo, Lauren Elise. I just saw her at the CEAs. Oh, Amazing. yes. Yeah, she was fantastic. That yes. was my first exposure to her. Yes. And she was awesome. Very good. Um, so many more. I'm missing everybody. Daniel and Stereo. Mm -hmm. I love him. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good stuff out there right now. There is. For sure. What are you writing about next? Do you know? It's pretty much day by day. Mm -hmm. Whatever. I just did a, another one on Arlen McKinley, talking about, you know, just festival announcements, stuff like that. I had a question about the, the, the homecoming with, with the National. Mm -hmm. How is that different from music now in, in what ways? I think it's, it's going to be bigger 
just from what I've read, I don't have anything sure. behind the scenes knowledge, but it's going to be a bunch of bands at Small A Park, and then they'll have other events going on around the city. So it's kind of what I guess Midpoint was a long time ago, mm-hmm. but with a big venue at Small A Park. Great. Gotcha. And that's happening in April. Yes. We'll get, we'll get, there, isn't there a lineup out on that? Didn't I see a lineup? Well, the national. No. Well, I knew, no, yeah. I, yeah, but I know I thought I saw more. Or is that am I? They've only announced the national so far. Okay. They just said coming soon. But they did sell out the first level of tickets in the first day, mm-hmm. with just the national announced. Well, they've got quite a reputation, uh, especially looking at the Music Now Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're bringing in guests such as Bon Iver. Right. Uh, St. Vincent. Way back in the day, you brought in Bonnie Bear. That's true, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but those are some of uh, my memories. Helping Back me. before they were Bon Iver. <laughs> Andrew Bird, way back in the day, early yeah. early on. Yeah, always ca- uh, always ahead of their time, and interesting how that kind of grew out of a relationship between uh, the Desner family and uh, the Cincinnati Chamber Orchestra, and how they were working together and, and collaborating and the festival kind of grew out of that, but um, always curated by uh, uh, Aaron and Bryce Desner. You, m- you mentioned a minute ago uh, the series that you do in March uh, yes. featuring uh, local women in music. Uh, are there other monthly features kind of things that we have to look forward to throughout the year that you guys work on? We cover uh, in April. We do record stores in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So we try to feature month. each one. Um, there's quite a few we haven't done yet, so look forward to that. Excellent. That's the only two months we have locked down. Mm-hmm. If anybody has any other suggestions, I will take them. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have a record store here. I know. You weren't here last year. <laughs> yeah. Good answer. <laughs> no, no, yeah. We were just mentioning that, that we have one. Maybe. maybe yeah, she, maybe. she walked through it on her way up here. Maybe if you're nice, she'll write about it. That would, that would be nice. There's a bunch of... Great record. There's like quite a few new record stores in town. Not like brand new, but just over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Well, that is awesome. I mean, assuming we're being serious. Uh, no, I, I am being serious. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, in, in this day and age, for, for sure. You never I mean, know. The sarcasm runs so deep. It, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. But no, there are there are like quite, I mean, Shake It and Everybody's was it. Yeah. And now there's just more. I have a suggestion let's, for a headliner for Bunbury. I was just going to say, let's play Guess the Headliner. Uh, Eddie Murphy. My girl wants to party all the time. Maybe so. That's that's a good one. That's your guess. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Elias. Amos Lee. Amos. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Never. The know. kids, they love Amos Lee. Uh, Matt, Matt, uh, you don't have a microphone, so you have to say it loudly. Just scream it. Ani DeFranco, you know she's getting the call. <laughs> War on drugs. Oh. Way to play it safe and name something real. <laughs> Cold uh, War kids. Uh, huh? Could there, that happen? There might be a little bit too rootsy fun for Bunbury. I don't really know. Uh, I guess. No, not Cold War kids. Wiz I'm sorry. I'm, thinking, I'm, thinking of, I'm not thinking of Cold War kids. Excuse me. I'm thinking of. Wiz Khalifa. Of Wiz Khalifa performed last year. Damn. Yeah. I thought I was on to something on that one. Courtney? You got a guess? Eminem. Eminem? Oh, wow. 
Wow. He's, he's doing the circuit. Uh, okay. That's, right. That is true. That is true. Yeah. They would yeah, pack yeah. the riverbanks to see ah. Eminem in Cincinnati. That's strong. That's strong. And from the indie world? Sylvanesso. Okay. All right. Oh. Graduated from Midpoint, heading to Bunbury. Yep. What about, what about Arcade Fire? Are they still relevant? Depends on what circles you're in. Matt, the producer, says no. I loved the that band a lot. I, I still do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, love don't, their new I, don't, album. I don't unlove them, but. All right. Well, Courtney, thank you so much. Uh, Courtney Bollander, Fantasy of CincyMusic.com and uh, many other endeavors. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by and uh, and, and please and, please and come wasting back and some visit. time with us. Yeah, please come back and visit. I mean, I how much fun is this really? It was a blast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she 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 means that. I can tell her face is. She's got a very sincere look on her face when she she's. She's not lying. Thanks again to both of our guests this evening, Ray Vietti out of Portland, Oregon. He's in town this month as the artist in residency at the Southgate House Revival all month long here in January. That's every Wednesday evening. And also thanks to Courtney Bullender Finnessy of CincyMusic.com. This has been the third episode, right? Third episode now of Lost. Seems like 30. (laughs) Seems like 30 (laughs) of Lost on the River from Herzog Studios. Our thanks to the Thunderdome Group. Our thanks to Otto's in Covington, Eli's Barbecue. And uh, we couldn't do any of this without our good friend Clint uh, engineering this whole session for us. And uh, Matt, the producer, Elias, Ice Ring, Bill Furby, I'm Aaron Sharp. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Glad you're back.